Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, joined, as always, by Dakota Lasky. Dak, how you doing, man? I am, uh, I'm not doing too bad, man. I'm doing all right. I was, you know, I was actually going to go yesterday on a socially distanced hike with some friends I hadn't seen a little bit, and that got canceled, so I was a little bummed about that. And, but, I'm not bummed because now we're here to talk about some Metroid, or... I guess not talk about Metroid today, actually, but another game that's really good, and <laughs> we'll be making a certain case for it in terms of, you know, well, we'll get into it, but yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. How you doing, Andy? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, it's the first snowfall of the year here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, so everyone's driving like an a-hole, and uh, you swear they'd never seen snow before, but, um, you know, can't complain. I... I got my furnace going. I usually turn it off when I record, but I don't feel like sitting in the cold today. So I got that going, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to uh, to get into our inspired by Metroid game today. Um, it feels like for the last couple of weeks we've been trying to to get to it, but frankly, this is just such a big game with so much to do that it took a little bit longer than we thought to like really kind of get in and, and do all the nitty gritty and explore every every faucet of the game. So. Man, I am excited to talk about Batman Arkham Asylum. I forgot how much I loved this game. I I just love this game. This is a game that I think came out, I don't know, I should have looked this up beforehand, but like around a decade ago. And 2009, yeah. 2009, yeah, okay. So it's I, this is a game I feel like almost everybody played at the time. It's such a big deal. I remember when it came out and like leading up to it. And, you know, getting, like, the, the voice actors from the animated series and, you know, doing this, like, legit, like, superhero game that, like, was, you know, took the, the source material seriously and played really well. It wasn't just, like, a movie tie-in, you know, and wasn't just something that made to kind of be there on the shelves. But, th- yeah, this is a game that I enjoyed a lot when it first came out. I haven't played it in a long time, so I'm very excited and happy that we got to talk about it and that I was able to go back and play it a little bit in uh, preparation for this episode. Yeah, so I I should probably mention, um, I have like three big loves in my life. The first is Zelda, the second is Metroid, and the third is Batman. So like, I did not know Batman, I'm I'm a really, really big Batman fan. I have, uh, my my comic fandom kind of tapered off a little bit when I just like legit didn't have enough money to keep collecting both comics and video games. So I chose video games, but like, I, I think I have almost every single Batman graphic novel up until about 2014. So like, I have three shelves full of graphic novels full of Batman stuff. I have tons of Batman paraphernalia. Um, I really like the like extended Batverse too. Like, you've got like your Nightwings and your and your Red Hoods. Um, the Catwoman I think is is really cool. So like, I I really really love Batman and like. Uh, to me, I remember back in the day, you know, when uh, when the, the renaissance of Batman started happening kind of around 2005 with Batman Begins. It was a new presentation. It was a new direction for Batman. Um, of course, The Dark Knight came out and just completely changed everything in terms of superhero movies. And, you know, this game came out uh, a year later, 2009. And I think you could undisputably say, like, at the time, this was the best superhero video game 
ever made. Like we'd had some some cool games on the N sixty four, like the Spider Man ones. But you know what? You could maybe even you could maybe even go further and say like this might be up there with the best licensed video games ever made, like uh, ever. Um, I I felt like really strongly about that at the time, and I think I I still might stick to that actually. But yeah, it was just it was so cool seeing the Dark Knight kind of in video game fashion. It was serious. It was fun. Um, it, it was treated like a really big deal, and yeah, I was I was so excited to to play this game back in the day when it came out. I really can't believe that I didn't know you were a big Batman fan up until today. If we've been doing this show for how long? <laughs> I knew that you obviously like Metroid and Zelda, but this Batman thing I didn't know. I'm I've never been like an absolutely huge Batman fan. Like I like Batman. But I don't think I've ever been like a, a crazy huge fan of any one particular comic book franchise. If anything, I like the movies, right? Like I watched the the Dark right. Knight and Batman Begins and the you know the whole trilogy and all that. And but I was really more it was more so like the spectacle of it being this like really big like as you said like a like uh, one of the best licensed games ever made. Like when it was coming out as a whole big spectacle like of this like this game being taken seriously like the franchise being taken seriously in, like video game form alongside with the movies and like it looked like a really solid game too. So like that was what attracted to me. I was I was never like I gotta play this because it's Batman. Though it, it, that was a little bit of it, right? Because Batman is cool. But, wow, I, I actually I can't believe I didn't know that about you, Andy. But I, I guess I never mentioned yeah, it, really. Like I guess you um, never did. I mean, like I said, like I, I kind of... I, I was collecting comics, but it tapered off because I was just too broke to keep doing it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I will... I will tweet a picture of all my Batman graphic novels, my like Batman toys. I've got like yeah, a, share with us. a three foot Batman little dude in my in my living room, like one of those toy ones that you could get at uh, Toys R Us or whatever. So yeah, I really like him, and I really like, uh, like I said, like Nightwing is a really big. Uh, I'm a really big fan of Nightwing. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Nightwing is the original Robin who kind of went on to become his own hero, and I have like a big big collection of Green Lantern comics as well like particularly the jeff john stuff from the early like 2010s 2011 stuff like that so yeah i was i was pretty big into it for uh for a long time so um you know this was this was a really this was a really big deal for this game to come out and be as good as it was but i guess maybe we should maybe we should step back and answer the question that i think is on a lot of people's minds and be like okay that's great we all like batman arkham asylum but what the heck does it have to do with Metroid? And I think that just on the surface level, I mean, they they don't look like they have a lot in common. But when you start to play Arkham Asylum, the the very fundamentals of a Metroidvania game are so interwoven into this game that it, it's actually like it's it's staggering. It's one of the best 3D Metroidvanias that I can think of. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of you know put out the case for it about why it's one of the better 3d metroidvanias and you know we'll talk about how this maybe is a little bit more like metroid than you might uh, initially think um and i think that you know i guess first of all i actually i wanted to say too so i fired up my old xbox 360 batman arkham asylum disc and was playing this game for the first time since uh 2013 was my last save file so <laughs> long long time ago but the first thing that you notice about this game, which you'll notice about any good Metroidvania, is the atmosphere is just off the charts. Like, it's so atmospheric. It's so... It's like, it's sweltering. It's it's oozing. Like, 
the setting really is a character. And I think that when you look at the best Metroidvania games, you can also say that, like, you know, the forest in Ori and the Blind Forest feels like a, a living character. The, the planet Zebes feels like a living character. And I think that Arkham Island just really encapsulates that atmospheric tone that we expect from a Metroid game. Yeah, for sure. I, I think when I first started like playing around in Arkham Island again at the beginning, I was like, oh, like rainy, like overworld exterior with some green here and there. Like this is town overworld. Here we go. Like we're right, we're right here in the Metroid game. Um, yeah, I would agree with that for the most part. I wouldn't say like that's like the the biggest thing for me in terms of, like what makes something a Metroidvania, but like for sure, like the location itself where you play like has just as much character as like the people you're encountering in the game and who you talk to and who you're playing as and at least with yeah. you know yeah, arkham I don't, I don't mean to say i don't mean to say it's like the biggest thing but it's right. just the thing that i notice like right away oh yeah definitely like right when you start it up and you and you start getting to explore it i think it also helps too that at least for anyone who knows batman stuff like there's a lot that you don't have to read into it too much because like you you get like you're immediately in a place that is very well known to Batman fans and like has a lot like just by looking at it like there's so much history in a lot of places and tells you a lot about like what's to come which I think is cool and you know for someone who wasn't the biggest Batman fan but still went into it I was like wow this is like this is really sick <laughs> and it was like yeah, yeah living I mean there kind of is like Easter eggs doesn't even begin to yeah, it doesn't even begin to describe. There's so much stuff to find. There's so so much stuff to do, um, and it's so like it, it's just it's a love letter to Batman fans. Right. But yeah, man, the the atmosphere of the asylum uh, is off the chart. And I think that you, you know you mentioned this earlier, but one of the low key like reasons for this game's success is that you know they went and they got Kevin Conroy. They went and they got Mark Hamill, mm -hmm. and they had voiced Batman and the Joker on the animated series and were so well-established, and that just brought such a, a credibility to the game that I, I think that it really helped it, you know, take it, be taken seriously. Um, particularly, you know, the, the entire voice cast is, is quite good, but, I mean, those two in particular are just phenomenal, and they're phenomenal because they've been doing the Joker and they've been doing... Batman for I mean almost twenty years at, at the point that uh, Arkham Asylum was made, so I, I think that that is also a very important factor into this game's success. Absolutely, I, I wish Metroid games had more voice acting, to be honest. But yeah. not yeah. I, I don't know if there's anyone as good. I mean, imagine Mark Hamill doing a Metroid character. Like I don't I, I Metroid wishes having that kind of lineup, right? Um, though I I don't I guess this I mean if you're listening to this episode, you might have already played through the game entirely. I think the, the the voices for everyone is done really well, except at the end, in the very end boss battle, where you fight the the Titan, like, Joker, right? Like, he's all, like, beefed up and whatever, but he still has the same Mark Hamill voice <laughs> as he did when he was, like, just regular scrawny Joker. That was the only thing that threw me off, that you, since you brought up voice acting. But otherwise, yeah, that, that was really cool having that, because I immediately recognized them, and I was like, wow, that's, that's like, so... I mean, even back then, too, but obviously, obviously I played it. But, like back then I was like wow this is like cool to get like the the real deal and it wasn't just like someone who was doing an impression or someone who was kind of there but didn't really have the exact same sound like I thought that was really awesome yeah totally um actually I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the final boss battle because I do want to talk about that later 
in the show when we get there. But I kind of agree with you that the that's my critique of the game is that that boss battle is a little bit off. But I I want to go back to kind of the structure of Arkham Island and and how it's kind of like a you know it, it's it's setting up to be like your your typical 3D Metroidvania world. This is kind of a good example, I think, of what, you know, a lot of people say that, like, um, should Metroid Prime 4 be open world and stuff like that? And I think that Arkham Island is kind of a good example of how to do that, but still make it small enough where, like, it's, you know, like, it's it's still the same kind of idea where it's not completely open world, and but there's still, like, little segments that you can choose to go into whenever you want. Like, I think that the, the way that they have, like, you know, your larger... Arkham Island, and then they have, like, the little subsections that you can go into, like, uh, like Arkham Manor, or the Botanical Gardens, or the Penitentiary, or whatever. I feel like this is kind of a good blueprint for how um, an open-world Metroid game could work, where, like, you can have that, that giant area, but it's still interconnected to a sense, but then it can lead you deeper into what we would typically know in Metroid as, like, you know, a, a separate little area, which would be like I mentioned, like the gardens or penitentiary or something like that. So I think that the structure of this is really clever. They have the five different areas, but like the, you still have that one overall arc that uh, that kind of ties it all together. I think that it's done really well. Yeah, the hub world is is fashioned appropriately for how the game works, right? Like that's like your main area that you branch off into, and then I would I would say the the game isn't like super open world like it is somewhat linear like you are kind of following a line through from one location to the other because of how often you have like objectives but and, and in a lot of ways I feel like it already does kind of feel like how like Metroid Prime was structured in a way where you have that hub area and then you go in between all these different locations in in fact you're definitely exploring a lot more in like the case of like a Metroid game than you are in this game I think for the most part you're not like getting lost anywhere there's always some kind of objective to accomplish and i would say in terms of how this feels like a metroidvania that was something that felt like not like a metroidvania to me it was like there was a lot of like you're immediately going here you're told exactly what to do in a lot of situations even though you are kind of exploring in a way but yeah i like how the the game is set up like around the you know the central hub arkham island area and you get to go to all these different interconnected areas that are not only connected by the main hub world but also through like a sewage like passage or something like that and allowing you to like take a different way and so the game doesn't feel like super backtracky even though you do go back to a bunch of different areas you've been to a couple times towards the latter parts of the game yeah um and i think the only thing that's really missing is like going straight from like the penitentiary to arkham manor or something like that like the little subsections don't have a direct way of getting to each other you have to go back to the hub world but i i do like that the way you know the world is set up um i mean you're definitely right like you do have more of a a set objective of where you should go but i mean honestly that's a change that i could see coming to metroid regardless like we've kind of seen games like hollow knight or ori be a little bit more objective forced and say like you know this is where you need to go this is what you need to do um, while still kind of letting you explore and go where you want. So, like, I, I could see that change coming to Metroid as well. Yeah. I, I think this game, well, you know, this is Arkham uh, this is Arkham Asylum, a game that, like, I feel like inspired so many games for the past decade, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Metroid Prime 4 picked up some things eventually. This game, while it certainly was inspired by, like, Metroidvania elements, like, th the fighting style we saw was, like, taken from, uh, you know, that 
fighting style that we get, like the combat system in this game is used in so many other games afterward and, and how you traverse like an open world and like all the objectives and whatnot um, are things that definitely influence other games too. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Metroid Prime 4 picked up some, some things, but in, in terms of this game, at least a lot of things that stuck out to me, like immediately when I first started like replaying it, and I'm thinking, like, what makes this game, like, Metroidvania-ish, right? Like, more than just, like, okay, like, there's a map and I'm going around and, you know, accessing all these areas and accomplishing objectives and whatever that is. And, you know, the obvious stuff, like, okay, there's, like, items you can get that allow you to get to new areas and stuff like that. So you have, like, your grapple and your the line shot and all, and, you know, your gadgets that Batman gets access to and whatnot. Um, other things that stuck out to me that immediately I would feel like this is stuff that makes it feel like a Metroidvania are, you know, the, the audio logs and scans you can get and how you can, you know, scan your area to figure out what's going on next and finding these specific things in like, uh, you know, the collectibles and the Riddler trophies and the Joker's teeth. Um, there are stealth sections, there's different visors like the, the x-rays and whatnot and being able to see the area and like plan it out like with your, you know, bat vision and whatnot, as well as getting different gadgets to get you to uh, a bunch of different areas. So like those like stuff like that, like those gameplay features that like you're immediately introduced to alongside being introduced to Arkham Island, like that's the kind of stuff that like immediately stuck out to me is like wow yeah this is like the metroid influence right here like getting your different upgrades and gadgets going to different parts of the map with those accessible like different ways of like perceiving these areas the scans the logs and all of that immediately ringed as like metroid to me yeah totally like um and a lot of what you said i would echo like it's uh the, the most obvious metroid staple is like you see the item or the collectible um you don't have the tools to get it you go and play the game, you acquire a new item, which lets you come back to that item, the collectible later in the game. Now you have the tools to get it so you can collect it. And, like, that is everywhere in Arkham Asylum. And, like, there's really only about half a dozen, like, items that Batman gets that lets him, like, utilize different areas or, or go to different areas or do different things. But I think that they implement that really well. And, like, the, the big thing for me that makes it really feel you know, Metroid-esque is the item collection. And, like, mm -hmm. you know, you nailed it. There's so much to collect, and it's it's such a love letter to Batman fans. There's, like, there's riddles that you can solve. There's tapes that you can get. There's the Joker teeth. There's the, uh, the lore of Arkham, that statues that you can find. And, you know, you can actually find, like, the little Riddler sheets, which kind of pinpoint where those are on the map, which reminds me of when you're playing 2D Metroid, and you go into a tile and you can see like the little circle in it and you know like okay well there's something here so um I, I think that the game does a really good job of doing that and another thing that really makes it like a standout metroidvania to me is it has a really strong map mm -hmm. and i know that that sounds dumb but like it can't be it can't be overstated like how important a good map is if you're going to be a good metroidvania game so this one has a really good map it's easy to follow it's uh it, you know you can see where exactly all of the the riddler challenges are it is just vague enough though to tell you where it is not how to get it so it points you in the right direction but doesn't hold your hand um i thought that this feature was was really really good and you know i'm, I'm hoping that we see you know metroid prime 4 kind of bring that back we had something similar in metroid prime 3 but um you, you know I, I think that this is really like it's really important and i think that arkham asylum just like really nails like 
how the map is presented, how it shows the items in correlation to where you are on the map, and how it treats, like, you know, your upgrades. Because you do backtrack, and you do come back to the same areas a bunch of different times, but every time that you come back, it's usually fairly drastically different, either because the terrain has changed, um, you know, particularly when Poison Ivy's plants go crazy, yeah. or because you have a new item and you have a new way of traversing that particular area. So, yeah, lots of, like... Lots of really clever things that Arkham Asylum does to, like, really, you know, it really leans into being a Metroid game, but instead of, instead of, like, items or missiles or whatever, it's, like, it gives you Batman lore, which is really, really cool. So, like, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, because, like, the more it leans into Metroid, the more it also leans into Batman. So, I, I think that it just does a really smart job of doing this. No, absolutely. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, and I... Th- I think like if this is such like a fan servicey Batman game too, because there's so many like it they cram so many different Batman like things and ideas into <laughs> this game. It's like oh this person's showing up, this person like oh I recognize them, I recognize yeah. them, like oh like oh everyone's in this game apparently, and which I thought was really cool though too. It definitely fit with, fit with the theme of like all right we're making like the ultimate Batman game right, and it certainly spoke to that. And you mentioned the when like. Poison Ivy is infecting, like, her, her vines and roots are everywhere, and, like, you go around, like, Arkham Island, and you can see them all over the place. I thought that was such a cool part. I love that part of the game, um, specifically because I thought one thing that stood out to me is that a lot of the locations kind of felt and looked the same a lot a lot of the time. Like, they're just these kind of, like, gray, like, <laughs> warehouse kind of feeling areas. Even, like, the labs and the mansion don't seem too different, but the botanical garden... And, like, the sewers beneath that, I always, I liked that part of the game, even back when I first played it, because it was, like, different, and there was some water running and all that, and, um, and the Poison Ivy boss was pretty cool, too. So, and the bosses, and I feel like we gotta get to this game, at some point, the bosses in this game are certainly something. There are some crazy sequences. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> it's crazy we sequences. We will get to that. But you're right, I like how the game, like, shifts and gives you, like, new means to get to different places, but more or less, like, you gotta go through some places a few times, and now you have different tools to, you know, give you, like, work on your game plan, which was something I always remembered about this game, which I felt expanded on what I wish Metroid would do a little more. It's, like, give you more options into, like, entering an area and, like, how you want to deal with it, right? Like, do you want to be stealthy and take everyone out, like, you know, really, like, nice and Metal Gear Solid-like? Or you're just going to go out swinging, or you're going to use a bunch of, like, gadgets and explosive, whatever. I feel like a lot of the time in Metroid, when you enter, like, a room, more or less, there's, like, one obvious way to, like, play through it. You know, like, whether you're avoiding something, or you got to kill stuff, you just run in and start mashing. Something like that. I feel like there isn't, like, too much strategy. Like, I wish there was more... Act- I, I would just say it this way. I wish there was more strategy in going into, like, a certain area in a Metroid game, especially in, like, the Prime games, too, but even in a 2D Metroid. And I feel like this game, like, always tackled that problem so well. It's, like, giving you options to do stuff, especially when you go back to a room multiple times and how you want to traverse that room each time. And so this game did that so well, and I always remember that about this, especially when I played it back then, but then going back to this game now. um, Everything just feels so fluid, and it gives you, like, uh, you know, like a dynamic means to approach the game how you want it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I I agree, actually. And one of the things that I think um, this game does, like, really well is it uh it illustrates like the detective side of batman yeah um because you can see like you can see him like analyze crime scenes follow clues and stuff like that you you know like you said there there are some areas in the game where like 
I mean, you can go in with your fists flying and, like, try and take down these goons with guns, but, like, it's so much more rewarding if you, you know, take them down stealthily and you have tons of options um, with how to do that. You can you can line them up, you can blow them up, you can, you can do a ton of different things. And I think that this game is, like, really, really good at, at kind of empowering you in, uh, in different ways to do a lot of things. And, like, it feels like you're working, like, smart a, a lot of the time rather than working hard if that mm-hmm. makes sense because like you're you're really just like outthinking all your opponents like yes you're the batman and you kick butt but also like you kind of know that you know you're no match for a bunch of different guns and you and you can do things a bunch of different ways and take them out and you know be be the detective be the smartest detective in the world or whatever so i think that this game does a really good job um of doing that i will say though that i do love the combat in this game there are some times where like I just go and, and beat up people. Um, it's so simple, but it's so satisfying. Like, it, it's just, like, some of the combos and stuff, they look kind of hokey, especially when you're doing, like, the finishing moves and it slows down. But, like, there's something just so satisfying about it to me that I I just, I love the fighting in here. Um, you know, it feels it feels awesome when, you, when you're on, like, that 30-hit combo or whatever. You're just flying around all over the place. Uh, I, so I think that they really really did a good job with the combat and actually um even in in arkham city when you have like you can control robin or you can control nightwing uh, or catwoman i I thought that that was really fun in that game as well so i really love the combat of the arkham series just in general it's like simple but satisfyingly fun honestly it all batman like kind of puts samus to shame with some of his moves like the way he (laughs) just like is flipping around people breaking arms and, and doing all these crazy moves like way better than what Samus was able to pull off in like other M or Samus Returns or something like that. Though, to be fair, those sequences are also sick. Uh, yeah, the combat has, has always been so satisfying in these games, and admittedly, it's certainly one of the things that is like the least reminiscent of a Metroidvania game. Like yeah, when you sure. when you look at gameplay of this game, right? Like it's different than like Blasphemous, right? Where it's very clearly like when you look at you like gameplay wise and just like you take a glance at the game it's very much inspired by metroidvania but like looking at this game you wouldn't really tell even while if you like watch someone go around and beat people up because that part of the game isn't very uh close to it but that's what i love about this game is that it takes the formula and, and does more or different things with it now how could you translate like the actual like you know uh, a 2d like metroid game to to this like obviously there are going to be differences but i love how this system like really worked with like the flow of the game because it made batman not only feel like he was smart but he was strong too right and he could just go in there and like smoothly like have sense of where everyone is in a fight and like moving and dodging and doing all these sh- like he feels like strong and, and can take on multiple people at a time and does so which samus feels as well but um i love that about you know arkham Uh, Arkham Asylum is that it does take the formula in a lot of ways like the items and and scans and opening up different parts of the map then does its own thing with like the combat system and you know obviously going into the Batman lore which it does as you mentioned earlier very well and handedly but I yeah you're right I love the combat system in this game makes it so much fun at times feels a bit mashy but you got to be smarter when you're playing with like more you know enemies and like or you're in a boss battle who has like you have a bunch of guys who are running around as you have this the one larger dude charging at you from across the map. Like, you can't just, like, you got to be a little smart about it. It's not like Shadow of Mordor where you just have, like, an invincible dodge. Or, like, uh, Other M, we have, like, an invincible dodge move. Wow. Um, which I always hated. This game, yeah, very fun, so satisfying. And I, I, I think you said it was hokey. 
I disagree. I love the zoom in. I always love the, the 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 ragdoll zoom in when you just knock someone clean and they just like crumple to the ground oh, into the fight. It's so hokey, but it's great. It's so, so awesome, good. especially especially when you miss and like Batman's oh, yeah. foot is like four feet away from his head, but he still like goes down. Uh, yeah, that's good stuff. You know, and you know what? I'm okay. Like, I mean, this is obviously inspired by Metroid. It's not a one-for-one copy of Metroid. Of course, so I'm okay yeah. with the combat existing in here as kind of its own thing. I don't know that I'd want to see, like, that transitioned over to to Metroid Prime or, or a 2D Metroid or whatever, but I do love it. It is mashy, but uh, something something satisfyingly crunchy about just, like, beating the crap out of all these goons that, uh, that always gives me the good feels. Um, I want to give, actually, a, a particular shout-out to the Riddles, in this game that was one of my like favorite favorite things to do is just like find the the clues or follow the clues and go and like try and see if i could find like that little piece of the environment and scan it or whatever um i I thought that this was like a really brilliant way to kind of like get immersed in that world even more so like you're kind of you're looking all over for you know this this little hint of of what the riddler has told you um, you know, it could be a little nod to the Penguin or a little nod to Clayface or something like that. But I thought that this really brought out a lot of um, kind of like a lot of the not the underside, but it, it gave the the world a lot more personality, and it was it was really fun for me. So I I really enjoyed that. Um, so I wanted to give that a particular shout out. You know, the the trophies and stuff are really fun, but um, I had a really good time getting all the riddles in particular. I, I like the patient logs. I always thought the patient logs were really cool. Give you a lot of insight yeah. to the other characters. Oh, by the way, on those Riddler, uh, Riddler trophies, do you know who? Um, do you know who Brian Alvarez is, Andy? I, yes, I do. Okay, okay. Do. Does he not sound like a young Brian Alvarez? <laughs> I swear, every time he was talking, I thought I was listening to his radio show. I'm like, dude, is this guy like? Is this really Brian Alvarez like talking about okay. like Batman stuff right now? Go back and listen and tell me he doesn't sound like a young Brian Alvarez. Any wrestling fans, if you played the game or you haven't played it in a while, go back and listen to his voice and tell me he doesn't sound like him. Sorry, I just had to get this I had to get that off my chest. Um, you know what? I, agree I, I could see that. I could see that. And uh, shout out to Brian Alvarez's rant on on the earth being flat. That was hilarious. Yes, I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big stuff. fan. I'm a big fan. Uh yeah, but otherwise I always like that aspect of being able to like go around the map and have a reason to go around and go to every like nook and cranny and corner of a map. Right. So in, in Metroid, like a, you know, Metroidvania kind of game, a lot of the time it is like collectibles to, you know, whether it's missile upgrades or whatever it is. And in this game, yeah, like it's, it's more to like, as you said earlier, like adds to the lore, right? Like that's your collectibles, which, and gives you more of like immersion, like immersing you in like the Batman experience to give you more information. And I thought that was great for the kind of game it is. Right. And I liked all that kind of stuff. I loved getting the, the patient audio logs and like the Harley Quinn ones are really cool. And like her, yes. like going through like her, like at like interviews and whatnot and all that. Um, and like the different character bios. I, I thought all that stuff was cool. Like the teeth. I, I thought just the like, spirit of Arkham ones were really cool. Too. Yeah. Yeah. There was so much cool stuff to go through. So like as a Batman fan, I'm sure that's like stuff you absolutely love, and for me, who doesn't like, who knows these kind of characters, doesn't like really know too much about them. Like I thought back then, it was really cool to like get all this insight and and learn more about these characters, who I just kind of like somewhat knew about. But it, you know, I I really love like listening and hearing all that kind of stuff when you're given that kind of option in a in a game. So yeah, I was totally with that. I love the 
I, and the need to and the motivation to explore the map as much as possible and the reward was really awesome yeah i you know i agree i loved the the audio tapes and i and like uh, when i was when i was thinking like what i want metroid to kind of steal from batman arkham asylum it was basically that like the audio tapes and in particular how you see batman kind of talk to oracle mm-hmm. um i was just a lot like, of talking if, in if this metroid game could take one thing <laughs> Yeah, but the good thing is that you can like you can move while you're listening. So I'm like I'm thinking to myself like, man, if let's just imagine that they remade Metroid Fusion. Like if you could just talk to to Adam th- while you're moving the way that uh, the Batman is talking to Oracle, like that would completely change the game for me. And like imagine like and, and I know that they're kind of overdone in 2020, but I think that they're just like really effective. Like you can find audio tapes or audio logs or whatever. Like. Imagine you're on an alien planet, there's a crashed ship, and you can, you know, you can find all of these different audio logs that tells you exactly what happened to this crashed ship in the next Metroid Prime game. Like, like I, I, I just think that that would really add to the experience. Like, having that voice cast, having that voice acting would, like, really add to Metroid. So, yeah, I, that was one of my really big takeaways. It's like, man, I, I just hope that Prime 4 and, and even the next 2D Metroid just, like, really improves like leans into this and embraces it because i think it just adds a sense of atmosphere um, a sense of realism a sense of like character to 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 everything that's happening so i think that's so interesting you bring that up because i feel like that would go against like for a metroid prime game like that feeling of isolation if you're constantly like listening to someone talking in your ear and some audio log right like or do you not feel that way um, no, I, I mean, I think that you can still have a sense of isolation while you're listening to, you know, while you're listening to a voice log, because I mean, that person presumably is dead, right? Like it's, you, you can still be alone, but you're kind of piecing together the mystery of what happened. Like to me, it's, it's almost like, it's basically the same thing as finding like, um, Chozo lore or pirate data or something like that. It's just that it's being spoken aloud and you can keep moving instead of like stopping reading continuing you know what i mean oh absolutely i, I was curious how you felt because yeah i agree i i don't think it necessarily like cuts into it entirely like, it reminds me a lot of what i just recently played halo 3 odst where when you're playing as the rookie and you're walking around the streets of new bombasa you can find these audio logs from you know that that take place like during the the invasion and, and whatnot and all the acts transpiring in halo 2 and i you still feel still feel that like feeling of isolation like almost helplessness because you can't intervene in the story you're hearing and i like that element and it doesn't necessarily take away from it but i I was curious how you felt because you know i i still feel like having like co-op or some kind of like other character in in the campaign would be cool i don't know if that would cut into the isolation metroid prime 4 anyway but yeah i agree having audio logs is something that's worked well in so many other games you know i think of like bioshock you know, also another great FPS game or something like that that has a lot of like audio logs that you listen to. And um, it's it's almost like interesting that Metroid Prime Four hasn't got or like Metroid Prime hasn't gotten into that. But to be fair, the last Metroid Prime game was back in two thousand seven. So, um, you know, it's it's been a while. But even in like the two D Metroids, I like being able to to find more information and uh, about like what has happened like the lore of the, and the history of like my surroundings and, and like you said at the beginning at the top of the episode right like the the character of your surroundings right and your environment like where you're where you are is like a living breathing character and and audio logs and stuff like that really uh you know aid that kind of feeling yeah totally and i mean 
like we we saw that in axiom verge like you can find little bits of information about the world granted those particular pieces in axiom verge were nonsense and they didn't make a whole lot of sense but like i think that they had the right idea mm-hmm. where like you could find like the little tidbits or whatever and it, to me just having that spoken aloud and like you can keep moving i i think that that makes a lot of sense like yeah it's a little bit overdone now in 2020 but i mean it's effective which is why it's done so so often so i think that that could be a really really important piece for the next metroid game and like that yeah it stood out to me watching or i guess listening to all the the audio tapes of all the different villains you kind of get a little bit more personality you kind of figure out like why some of the things are the way that they are um and i i really hope that metroid kind of steals that in its next game 2d or 3d uh, either one um one thing that i did want to to bring up which i always really really loved about the arkham games is i think that they strike a perfect balance between like gritty realism but also like the more fantastical like elements of batman so like you know christopher nolan's movies are amazing but like they're very much like realistic and they have to exist in a world where it's like could this could this happen feasibly in the real world where the arkham games aren't grounded by that you can still have like a realistic you know somewhat setting somewhat island you have the joker and and whatever but like you also have poison ivy like and her plants are going crazy she can control plants you have like killer croc who's literally a big crocodile like i think that this game really strikes that balance really well for me as a batman fan yeah, and this could arguably be one of those things that might line up with, like, the inspired by Metroid, right? Where Metroid has this kind of feel where it feels like it, like, it, ha- it happens in, like, a, a realistic kind of world, but has these fantastical elements yeah. in it, right? Where, you know, you're it's a sci-fi, like, seems like it could happen, but there are, you know, Chozos and whatnot, and, like, and all the different kind of species of aliens that could seem, like, fantastical and... And some of Samus' abilities and things she like runs into, and and the and the settings and all of that, and, and like Chozo ghosts and whatnot. That's something that also I 100 percent agreed with, right? Because it's not like Metroid like is 100 percent realistic or gritty, and this game isn't either. It's not like a dark. It's not like the Dark Knight the game, right? It's it's very much more suited towards like the the comics and the the cartoons and all of that, and the animated series whatnot. Shout out by the way, shout outs to one of my favorite Batman beyond that's my favorite animated Batman series. Anyway. Um, but dude, how do we not have a Batman beyond game yet? I was just I tweeting about this the other day. Ugh. I love Batman beyond. It's so awesome. I agree. There should be a Batman beyond game. I always thought Batman Movie. beyond was sick. Yeah. Batman beyond is sick. He is so cool. Such yeah, a good show. Absolutely. Anyways, I'm sorry. And, and also another show that was great around that time was static shock. And apparently Michael uh, B. Jordan, right? His, his, that's his name. Yeah. He's making a static. He's producing a static shock film. Very excited about that. Cause I love static shock. I, I think that's going to be super cool. Yeah. Man. Super cool. Yeah. Another, another sh- great show from around that same time period. Anyway. Um, but going back to what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. This is this game. Like, like, Rides that line between like real and fantasy, the like in a great way that Batman, for the most part, almost always does. But I always th- that had like a feel of Metroidness to me as well. Where, like there's some scientific elements, there's some fantastical elements and whatnot that um, give it that same kind of flair. Even though obviously Metroid's more sci-fi than than Batman is, but sci but there are sci-fi elements of Batman for sure. Uh, maybe not something as like directly inspired like if you look at again if you look at these kind of games like the things that seem more tangible in terms of like that metroid inspiration or like you know the map and how you traverse the areas and 
and and things like that and scans and and information and and puzzles and and the gadgets but when you think about it in this kind of way like this seems to have that bit of a metroidvania feel to it as well yeah that's that's such a that's such a great observation i i didn't put that together but like you're totally right they totally kind of exist in that same perfect area um so yeah i think that's such a good observation um okay i have i have one critique of this game Um, actually I have two critiques, but here's my first one. Tell me if you agree with me or not. One thing that I think they could have maybe done is limit the use of detective mode. Um, because like, and for anybody that yet hasn't played this detective mode is like Batman can, can zap on his cowl and like, you can see, um, all like the, all like the pieces of the environment that you interact with are highlighted. All the enemies are highlighted um you could literally just play the entire game in detective mode and you'd have a much easier time seeing everything but like i i feel like maybe it's too much of a crutch in this game and maybe they should have put a timer on it or like or a recharge or like something um i I don't know i I feel like a lot of times like i find myself wanting to look at the environment which i do kind of agree with you like the environment you know one kind of blends or bleeds into the other a little bit but i do still want to look at it but, you know, it's just easier to have detective mode on because then you can see where the Riddler trophies are or where the, your next enemy is or, or et cetera, et cetera. So I, that is a critique that I think uh, I would say this game or I would make of this game. Hmm. I've never really thought about that because I guess how I always thought about it or I guess well, like I just ex- assumed is like you're Batman. You're supposed to have a tactical advantage, right? Like he can go into detective mode and have all this stuff available at all times. Like should he not be like – how could he not have like a gadget that like works all the time or like that's on a cooldown? I don't know. I never had a problem with that. It's again, similar to like uh halo three ODST where you have visor mode and it like highlights and shows you enemies like easier in like the dark. And I guess like that makes sense. Cause like I'm a, I'm a space Marine and I would have that kind of technology. So I, I understand what you're saying though. It could be like a crutch. I didn't find myself using it like a hundred percent of the time though, but yeah, at the same time, I do feel like it'd be kind of weird if it was on a cooldown. I guess, like, they didn't want to, like, limit players. Like, this game is a lot about, like, having a lot of different freedoms in terms of how you want to approach stuff and you being Batman, right? And has Batman ever had, like, cooldowns on his stuff he uses? Like, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't seem like a superhero kind of thing. Maybe that's how they were looking at it. But I, I see what you're saying, right? I, it wasn't a big issue for me, um, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's not a big issue for me either. And I, I feel like you're probably right. It probably would have been a little bit weird to have, like, a cooldown on your own visor. But, right. Uh, I don't know. Like, maybe, imagine you had a cooldown on, like, something. the x-ray visor in Metroid Prime. <laughs> yeah. Like, wouldn't that be annoying? Yeah. <laughs> but I guess you don't, wouldn't uh, want to use the x-ray know. visor all the time in, like, the regular gameplay anyway. So, I don't know. Maybe it's not the well, best analogy. Maybe what they could have done is, like, um, limit or, like have some kind of drawback to using it where like you can see but like maybe your scope of vision is a little bit narrower or something i I don't really know it doesn't really matter it's a small little critique but it it did stick out to me then um and it stuck out to me when i played it um let's let's go over to the villains here in the game because you know batman is awesome but you know just as awesome as his rogues gallery i thought that they did a really really good job of picking the villains for this game they only really went with like i would say like, you have Joker as your main villain. He's your undisputed, like, main big-time player villain. And the rest of them were, like, they were big names, but they weren't big enough where it felt like, okay, like, we've got, like, a million different villains in this game. They were more, like, supporting villains, I thought, if that makes sense. 
Uh, and, you know, keep in mind, at the time, Harley Quinn wasn't really the household name that she is now. Uh, Bane had not been in The Dark Knight Rises, so he isn't really the household name that he is now. Um, but I, I thought that their, their choice of villains was really, really good, and each one kind of brought something a little bit different to the table. So I, I thought that they really nailed it um, with the selection in this game. I mean, I think this is the game that kind of put Harley Quinn on the map, right? Like, this is like this yeah. appearance is like the beginning of like the modern, you know, look of what we know as Harley Quinn today, right? And then yeah, you have other characters that like if you know the comics, like Killer Croc, like you're like, oh, like awesome, that's cool. Um, and then really kind of you know work you that way, like you know, like you have the nostalgia for those kind of characters. Poison Ivy is, I think, a pretty mainstream Batman character, but like there's no Penguin. And it wasn't like it wasn't overstuffed like game, right? There wasn't, yeah. There it wasn't, wasn't like Two Face exactly. or Catwoman or it, Riddler. It wasn't all over the place like stuffy. Ever, but at the same time, it was very you know like like linchpinned on a lot of those characters. I think it was cool too. Like they kind of drove the narrative of the game, and you get to meet these different bosses and villains who have like they're worried about all these different things. Not all of these different things, but like they they have like they're kind of like like if Joker's mother brain, right? <laughs> and like you have the different bosses yeah. that's kind of how it felt where like they're tangentially like working for him in a way and but otherwise just like these creatures got to fight and then like poison ivy is like worried about her plants and then is like all right i'm just gonna go berserk and fight whoever i'm gonna fight you batman and and whatnot because like they're inmates in the prison so like they're working with joker but all they're also just like threats just by being there so but yeah i agree like it doesn't feel overstuffed the characters are like they they show up and are really cool the bosses, I think, I liked, but at the same time, could be, like, in terms of how they fought, um, sometimes left a bit to be desired. I think now, like, especially 10 years later, now, like, 11 years later, I think the bosses have a little bit to be desired. Except Killer Croc. That's my favorite boss battle in the whole in the whole game. I love that boss battle because you're, like, walking around on the log, like, uh, platforms, and he can come around from the water anywhere. always thought that was a really cool boss fight. But the other two kinds of boss fights you get throughout the rest of the game are you have you either in, a, in like a small like square room and there's a big guy who's like two or three times larger than batman who charges at you and does big guy stuff and you eventually take him down which is like half the boss battles in this game and the other half of the boss battles are you're fighting someone really big and you're like platforming or like running around them or shooting at them from some distance which are like the scarecrow boss battles and the poison ivy boss battle the Killer Croc one is like, I feel like if I remember correctly, the, the only unique uh, boss battle that wasn't like that. And then you have a bunch of like the Titan henchmen boss battles, which are very similarly the big guys running at you in a square area. I like the characters, but now playing it 10, 10 years later, maybe it's just me, but I feel like the boss battles didn't age as well. Even the final battle is big Joker running around with henchmen like charging at you and then uh, throwing I, I some stuff at you battle. and whatnot. And I was like, eh, it was kind. Of, it was a little bit of an anticlimactic boss battle for me. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I want to talk about that. But in yeah, sec, actually. I thought the characters Before... were cool and like how they looked was cool and how they worked in the story was cool. But the boss battles themselves, other than Killer Croc, and and I really like the Scarecrow scenarios, like the whole like tripping and whatnot, and like and and you know the dream sequences he creates are really cool. But the the lack of diversity in boss battles uh, didn't age as well as I thought. I think that's fair uh, before we get like really deep into the boss battles i was gonna ask you like who's your who are your favorite batman villains just like in general 
my favorite Batman villain. See, like, that's the thing. I don't know if I, like, have favorite Batman villains because I'm not, like, that huge of, like, a fan of the franchise. But if I had to, like, pick any, I would say, well, obviously, like, Joker. Joker's really cool. Um, I like, is, does Slade count as a Batman villain or is he, like, a Teen Titans kind of uh, I, I would lump that more Teen Titans, but you know what? This is this is our show. We can okay. Do I we like want. I always like Slayer. I'm a big fan of Teen Titans. Um, Poison Ivy is cool. Yeah, Two Face I think is cool. Um, yeah, like those are uh, and then like Bane. Oh, and um, Solomon Grundy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would use him in Injustice. I just like characters like that. But like again, I'm not like who's my favorite Batman villain. I don't really have like a one I could okay. easily pick. Okay, that's fair. I was just I was wondering because like some of my favorite villains are like Joker, uh, Poison Ivy is up there, Scarecrow is up there, Two Face is up yeah, there, Scarecrow's cool. Bane is in there. So like for me, like a lot of my favorite villains like were in this game. Yeah. So th- it was it was hitting hundred for me. I remember when it came out, but um, I do want to dig into the the boss battles and uh, go over those a little bit because um, I kind of agree with you in a sense. Where like I think that the Bane boss battle is really fun you have the big man running at you you got like kind of frantically you're trying to beat up other people while like jumping out of the way when he's charging at you but i will agree that they they just recycle that boss battle uh, multiple times later in the game when you have the the enemies on the titan formula so i thought that like the first time with bane was really fun but it, it kind of was diminished you know the more that you do it especially because uh, you know, you're fighting Bane, and then you're fighting no-name Titan soldier. Yeah, so. you fight the Titan guys, like, two or three separate times, as well as Bane. And it was like, oh, these fights again. It's always, like, the same. Like, I think, it, I think too, it's because it's, like, 10, 11 years later where I feel like even back then, like, the combat itself in, in Arkham Asylum was, I think, pretty innovative. But those boss battles feel like they kind of been around for a little bit. But even if they hadn't. Like, now 10 years later, I feel like I've played so many games with those kind of bosses that now going back to this one, I'm like, Jesus, this is, like, it was too much at times. Um, I think those, they, like, they definitely lost their their flair and fun, you know, quality the second or third or fourth time playing through that. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. Um, I, would, I would push back, though, on the Poison Ivy boss battle. I think no, that, that one, one is, is cool. really fun. That And that one is, like the most metroid to me because she's got like this giant plant and like there's tentacles swinging around and like they they hit the ground and they produce like thorns which can gobble up batman like you got to shoot her right in the eye mm-hmm. uh, while also beating up thugs i thought that that one was like really fun actually and like definitely reminded me of like metroid prime um kind of reminded me of like flagra almost when i was fighting it and uh yeah I, I, that one i i really like but i also just like I really like Poison Ivy, the character, too, so I was kind of... I was going to be partial to that. No, I agree. I like those... I think those boss battles were cool, like that, that like, the bigger, huge enemy boss battles were cool as well. I think that I just... I think I just wanted more boss battle diversity overall, but the individual boss battles, you know, more or less, yeah. like, there were some cool ones. I, yeah, I like the Poison Ivy one. There was a bit of a build-up to it, just a cool character, and it was, it was a fun boss battle. And at least in Metroid, like, you know, a lot of the boss battles, like... Some you love, some you hate, but they they're memorable a lot of the time, and you know. Oh yeah. I think you know we there are some characters that like are very memorable, show up all the time, and in this one I think yeah all the boss battles are pretty memorable. Like again going back to to Scarecrow, 
the scarecrow sequences oh, that, like that, that was that one where i didn't mind the repeated uh boss battle because like you had the first one where you're going through this big dream sequence and the second one where you go through like the his parents dying and you're playing as like young batman as a kid and, and you're like walking around down the alley and i like, oh jesus and then the third one where you know you're walking around as joker and you're, like it was it, I, that kind of stuff was really cool because it, it makes you forget that like okay you're playing the the same boss battle for a third time um I think the other ones, like the other, like the big room boss battles, didn't that sa- didn't have that same kind of like setup and like character as those did. But like, yeah, Scarecrow is such a cool yeah. character, like such an aw- definitely. Well, I would definitely up there for me in terms of Batman villains as well, and and at least in this game, like those were very standout sequences for sure. His his look yeah. too in this game is just so good. He has like the gas mask and like the the needle fingers. He he looks as scary as he's ever looked i thought he looked great those sequences are are fantastic like it's definitely it's definitely like style over substance but i think it's so stylish that like it doesn't really matter to me and i and i know that the scarecrow sequences were like what everybody was kind of talking about when the game came out and like how great they were Mm -hmm. but like man it, it just it really just bears repeating like they were they were so good they were so good that they brought back scarecrow for arkham knight and like really you know, base the entire crux of the game off of what Scarecrow's fear gas does to Batman. So I really love that sequence, and I agree with you. Actually, I really, really liked the uh, the Killer Croc um, oh, so boss good. battle as well. It's, it's not even like a boss battle per se, but like he's chasing it's after kinda, you. And, like, yeah, yeah. You've got to fend him off, and it w- it was just such a different way to to present like a boss battle. And I think it was so much more effective than like actually like fighting him with your fists. Again, you feel like you've outsmarted him. Right, that that was the thing is that when that initially happened, I was very relieved, uh, you know, playing it again because I had I didn't remember off the top of my head how the fight went until like it started happening, you know. So like you get down there in the sewers, and I was like thinking to myself like, oh, do I just like I'm just fighting Killer Croc here, and like thinking like, oh, it's gonna be one of those he's gonna charge at me fights. So I'm gonna end up in some room, but then like you're going around collecting the spores and like you don't know where he's gonna pop up, and then you gotta stun him real quick. Like I. It's such a, like an anxiety-ridden fight. It felt it was not only so different, but like it really made you like one of the few times in the game where like even though you're Batman, like you still kind of feel like oh damn, like I could I could lose or I could get bodied here. I could get you know taken out by Killer Croc, which would be no bueno. That would not be good, and <laughs> you know I don't want that to happen. And I was anytime I was like walking around, even like the beginning, Batman's like gotta be like walking around quiet here. Any kind of disturbance in the water. Killer Crocs come and, and, and eat me. And I'm like, oh, great. Thanks, dude. Like, I appreciate that. Like, thanks for the warning. And there's a bunch of spores you got to collect, too. I think there's, like, distinctly remember a couple times. I'd be like, like I need, them. like, I, I got a couple. I'm like, all right, let me get out of here. And Batman's like, oh, that's not enough. I need some more. I'm like, ah, all right. And then, you know, inching around. Yeah, I, that's a really one of the most standout sequences for me in the game. I really liked what they did. And then, you know, having Killer Croc take out Scarecrow at the end right there, which was also a great oh end as that well. was great i actually i i thought it was like really creepy when you actually saw scarecrow in person right um, yeah and, and i don't know why but like it was just like oh my god like he's actually here it's just kind of like this ghoul that just appears and like you know he's here somewhere but he's like he's not around mm-hmm. anywhere i don't know seeing him pop up was like creepy oh 100%. So yeah i love that um all right one one last boss fight or actually maybe before we get to the last boss fight i will say in my in my last playthrough, 
I went and I got a hundred percent of the Riddler trophies. I I I got a hundred percent of everything in this game. I was having a great time. So I did. I sent the Riddler to jail. He got arrested. So R.I.P. to him. But I will say, you've kind of you've kind of alluded to it for a couple different uh, times now in the show uh, about the last boss battle with the Joker. This would be my second biggest critique of this game. Is like this just feels like uh, I don't know. Not not a good send-off or not a good final boss battle to me um for this game because you have it, it just it kind of feels a little bit cheap to me almost because you have joker transforming into this titan monster and like it's just like i don't know i would have liked to face off against the joker and like outwit him rather than beat him up kind of like we were just talking about with croc um i do think it's weird that he's transformed but his voice stays the same <laughs> yeah uh, I, I think that in the fight he's like taunting to the media also which i'm just like come on man like um i don't know this this one didn't really hit home for me like you were fighting you, like you were fighting the goons more so than you were fighting anyone else and, and again it was kind of another one of the it was a rehash of the bane fight which you've already had rehashed like a couple different times and like literally you did directly before you got to this fight with the joker so i never really liked the final confrontation in arkham asylum um, and I didn't like it again when I played it here, unfortunately. I think this whole thing with, like, Joker transforming was... I, I kind of... Again, this is one of those things where I hadn't played the game in a while, so I had to, like, had my... Like, I needed my memory refreshed, so as I was going through the game, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Like, okay, like, yeah, that makes sense. And when we were getting towards the end of the game, I was remembering, I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is, like, he transforms. And I was thinking, like... I guess it's the logical progression of the story. Like, for some reason, Joker wants to create an army of, like, Bane-like soldiers, but, like, won't need to have, like, all that, like, stuff on, like, strapped to him all the time. Like, he'll be able to just, like, inject them. They're good to go. He has this huge army, which, like, in and of itself didn't feel like a very Joker-y kind of motivation, right? Like, Joker's a character who wants to, like, sow chaos and, like, be a nuisance and, like, do, like, these terrible like gruesome kind of twisted things that are personal and whatnot and like creating like an army of super soldiers just feels like such a generic like villain thing that doesn't really like feel very joker specific but anyway so when that fails because batman just you know beats up more of like enough of them or whatever it is like <laughs> like all right like that's not gonna work because batman can just <laughs> throw hands with them and win so clearly they're not that great he like yeah it gets it well first of all batman like <laughs> he gets injected like he stops uh like he jumps in front of like a, the dart that joker shoots and like through sheer willpower suppresses like the venom like strain so he doesn't get transformed which i thought was really funny and then joker he, he does inject himself with the antidote to be fair he does but before that eventually event <laughs> like well, yeah but eventually he does because then joker's like oh you use the antidote on yourself and not on me and and then you know the boss fight starts but yeah like there's a solid 30 seconds where he's just through sheer willpower like suppressing this this stuff which i was like wow batman is what a guy this guy is just the strongest he's the best anyway yeah joker like i i was a little shocked i was like why does joker like not survive this game because when he injects himself he turns into this crazy huge monster where, like his spine is like jetting out of his back and he's like nexus he's his whole body is like grotesquely like metamorphosize and whatnot and he looks all crazy so i'm thinking okay you must kill him here 
at least from what I remember, because, like, how do you come back from this? Like, how does your body go back to normal after, like, your spine poking through your back and you getting five feet tall? Like, you know, like, and then you beat him, and at the end of the game, he's, like, back to regular normal size. Yeah, it, it didn't, uh, that also injecting himself and making him a super beast didn't seem very Joker-like either. And then, yeah, you get this boss fight that didn't seem also very Joker-like. You're not outsmarting him. You're not, like, uncovering like some kind of like bomb somewhere and in some crazy scenario you're just in another arena fight where he's like a big guy and you're fighting other henchmen and he's and you got to pull him down from above the arena and yeah he's like you know mouthing off and hot dog into the media and all that and like what what are you like trying to do here are you trying to like i don't get what you all that yeah it was kind of a weird boss fight it wasn't my favorite thing i certainly think the boss fights were one of the weaker aspects of the game and i kind of wish there was a better ending to it and so, so yeah, I think you're right on the money with all that. Um, I, I will say that I think that they, the follow-up to this boss fight was excellent in Arkham City, where, like, Joker is sick and, like, dying. And, like, the payoff at the end of that game, I, I think, is, like, fantastic. It's such a fantastic ending for, like, Joker and Batman and, and whatever. But, like, you do have to wait till you get to Arkham City, unfortunately, to, to get that. So... Um, it's a little bit too bad, and, and it's a little bit too bad as well that, like, you know, Arkham City kind of moved into the more uh, open-world Assassin's Creed-esque kind of direction and moved away from the more self-contained, like, Metroidvania Arkham Asylum style, and the Arkham games have kind of stayed there ever since. So, you know, we, we probably won't ever get a chance to cover, you know, Arkham City or Arkham Knights or Origins on Inspired by Metroid again. So it, it really is, like, kind of this this one and done perfect storm of Arkham Asylum. But, you know, I, I really think that like, this is, I think the 3d Metroidvania games are inherently harder to do than 2d Metroidvania games. And I think that this is just such a good example of how to do it properly, how to embrace the things that make that genre so successful, but still like have your own, like your own history, your own lore, your own legs to stand on as well. Um, you know, I loved it back then. I loved playing it now. I had such a good time, and I'm I'm really glad that uh, you know that we had this kind of suggested as the next the, you know inspired by Metroid game that we got to cover because I forgot like how much I loved this game. Yeah, it re- really is such a good game. Like this 2009 was such a good year for games. A lot of good games came out back then. I mean, what games come out? A lot of good games come out every year, but you know this is it was it was eleven ten years ago, right? Like that's a that's a throwback at this point. It's not a retro game, but it's it's been around for a while, and it's certainly not only to a degree influenced by you know Metroidvania games and other games as well, but has influenced so many other games that have come out afterward that it's a game that people still go back to to this day as we are and revisit because it is that good, and it's like a game that's still referenced to this day and. And cited as an influence for game developers and other games that are coming out. So I'm glad we could go back yeah. to this. Like overall, how how inspired do you think this game was? I want to say because I forget how exactly we got the suggestion. It was either that someone just like thought I, I forget how we got it to it. And I want to almost say that someone found a comment about like someone being involved in the game saying it literally was inv- inspired by Metroid. But I don't want to say that and then that being taken as fact because i don't know i don't remember i forget now because we had put this off for so long like <laughs> what exactly inspired us to do this as inspired by metroid game and if you can I, I think you're right i think you're right i think that somebody and again i don't know that this actually 
is fact or not, but somebody basically told us, so this is secondhand information, that like somebody that worked at Rocksteady was like, yeah, we looked at the Metroid series of games when we were constructing the world of Arkham Island. I think, yeah, so, I think that's what happened. Maybe someone who's listening will be like, yeah, that definitely did happen, or no, that definitely didn't happen. What are you talking about? But I, I would say from playing the game that it's it's evident, right? Like, if you play Arkham Asylum, yeah. like, it is its own thing, and it takes from all different kinds of sources, right? But there are a lot of different, you know, Metroidvania elements in terms of how you progress through the game, how you play it, how, how you approach certain scenarios, the how you gather information and all of that really spoke to the Metroid fan and me. So, I personally, for me, Andy, I would say that this is a game that, like, maybe isn't, like, 100% directly inspired by Metroidvania games, but there are definitely metroidvania elements that seem that they were uh that didn't just like they aren't coincidental like i think they they certainly have a an inspired way about them so how how inspired oh, yeah. do you think this game is or do you think it's just a coincidence no 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 i think it's very inspired yeah. and like i was saying like it's it's way harder to like do a 3d metroidvania and cuz like you can you can look at the map of hollow knight and be like oh yeah, this looks like the map of Super Metroid. Like, obviously this is the same genre and it's inspired by kind of the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. And you have that immediate, like, um, similarity. But Whereas, like, this one, you have to to look a little bit deeper and look around at, like, the construction of the world and, like, the the progression of the items that you get and the, the, the amount of, like, things that there are to do that you can't do right away and you have to come back to. Uh, I, I think that, like, this has all of the hallmarks of... A metroidvania game and a good metroidvania game so um i you know i would say to everyone that is listening to this uh go and go and fire up arkham Ar- arkham asylum like fire it up it's probably like five bucks at your local pawn shop or something like that and play through it not only because it's a great game but play through it with the lens of like okay what about this reminds me of playing metroid and i think that you'll probably be surprised at the amount of stuff that you see that you're just like oh yeah like this this reminds me of scanning something in Metroid Prime, or like this reminds me of an area in Super Metroid where I finally got the item I needed and I came back and I got this upgrade or whatever, right? Like there's there's a lot on the table that's really similar to, you know, some of the best Metroidvanias out there that we play. So yeah, I think it's very like it very much shares the same DNA. And it's a little bit too mm-hmm. bad that the sequels moved away from that. But uh, you know, we'll always have Arkham Asylum. So yeah. Absolutely, yeah. The the DNA is a great way to put it. It has the has the genes, right? It's they've been passed down, and yeah, yeah. It made for a really great game. I'm glad we were able to go and revisit it. And if anything, enjoy what is, you know, certainly inspired in a way, but otherwise just a really solid video game experience. It's a game that I feel I feel like this is like this is a gamer's game. Uh, you got to play this. Like you play video games, this is a game. I feel like you don't got to pass up, no matter like. Whether you played it back then, or you never got around to it, or you weren't playing games back then, or you just didn't know, like, or you just passed it up because you don't like Batman. Like, this is a game you gotta play. And even as a Metroid fan, I think, too, yeah. It's a game that you can, you sit down and you'll think, like, oh, yeah, this is, indi- like, rem- reminds me of, of what it is to also play Metroid. But in a way, it does its own thing, too, and it makes for a really fun new experience you might not have tried before. So, yeah, this is, I'm glad we were able to go back to this, because Arkham Asylum is one of the best, I think this is one of the best, like, comic book games and has a like a case for being one of the best games i think like of its generation for sure yeah i i think that you could you could make a case for this being the best licensed game ever maybe goldeneye would also be in that conversation Mm -hmm. for an older generation but this would be up there if not number one 
And to be honest, I'm probably going to go play Arkham City now because I want to keep going with the story. Not a bad but, idea. But, um, yeah. Uh, any, any closing thoughts before we get out of here, Jack? Um, I think only other closing thoughts. I'm trying to think of anything I might have missed in my notes here that I might have wanted to mention. Uh, trying to think. Trying to think. Um... This game definitely reminded me, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but like this game reminded me a little bit of, of Metroid Fusion because there there's a lot of talking at me at times. Like and At least as you said, you can move around while people are talking at you, you're listening to something, but this there is a lot of talking in this game. Like <laughs> Maybe that's one thing that's not like Metroid. There's just so much talking. There are times where I was kind of walking around and playing and there's just always someone in my ear explaining something, Oracle saying something, or you're listening to something, or Joker is just mouthing off over and over again. I thought that was one thing when I was playing. I was like, well, this is certainly not like a Metroid game. <laughs> the amount of talking in this one area is enough for the entire franchise. Um, and yeah, that's the only thing I could think of. It uh, it definitely had that kind of feel. And having, like, the objectives, too. Like, kind of being told where to, to go here and there. Which I don't think is always a bad thing. Uh, sometimes it's nice to be told, like, what tools you have and how to use them. But also, there are a lot of ways to explore and play the game your own way. And definitely, when you approach the game, uh, make you, make the most use of all... Make the best use of all of Batman's tools. Because he has a lot of them. And even though I went in a lot of the time just kind of, like, hitting people... Sometimes you go gotta go for the stealthy killer, do some crazy gadget stuff. Yeah, that's just as satisfying. So yeah, great game. Whoa, whoa. Batman, Batman doesn't kill. Come on, pal. Well, you know what I'm saying. Like you know, Come on, stealth, pal. stealth takedown, and they lie on the ground as if they're dead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, final thought for me: I can't wait to play Gotham Knights. That's literally my dream game. Playing Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl, Red Hood. Sign me up. I'm very excited and looking forward to that. And we hope that you guys dug this episode on Batman Arkham Asylum. And uh, we hope that you fire it up and give it another playthrough for anybody that, uh, like me, hasn't played it in close to 10 years. Uh, because it's worth the replay. Um, that's going to do it for us. We are going to get out of here, of course. We want you guys to check us out over on Podbean and iTunes and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go and like and subscribe to the Omega Metroid podcast and tell that metroid fan in your life where they can get their weekly metroid fix um check us out over on twitter i am at spateri316 dak is at dak city underscore and we are at omega metroid pod until next week everyone we will see you then